Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to my show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success for you. It may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to develop a plan to reach their dreams. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. You can only exceed expectations by believing in yourself. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. You read about it all the time in social media. If you have a gift, leave with your gifts and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you, you, from planning or living your dreams. My guest is an old friend in the business, uh, somebody I'm very proud of, John Murray, executive producer of the, new, of the new hit, nationally syndicated Sherry, that's daytime talk, hosted by the one and only Sherry Shepard. A recognizable face, he has spent a majority of his career as a TV host, contributor, media personality, and as a journalist. Prior to joining Sherry, he was an executive producer of a very popular series on TV One, where he produced and directed episodes of the docu-series called Uncensored. We have a lot to talk about. I'm only going to give a little of his credits in this particular opening, but we're going to talk about a whole lot of credits once we start talking. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, John Murray. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Rashawn. Well, uh, I like your digs that you got set up there too, man. Well, thank you very much. You know, uh, uh, all these people have been on my show. I, I've not just snatched their pictures offline online. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, Sherry's up there because you know I, I got my little studio I built out. I'm not Sherry. 
You know, I'm not Sherry, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Let's 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 take the elephant out of the room, okay? Because the because this room, the elephant don't need to be in there taking up all this good spirit in here, brother. I am proud of you. This interview is about you, but you know how I feel about Sherry. I personally went up there, man, to hug both of y'all and shake your hand and say, brother, congratulations, man. Let's talk about your feelings and where you at right now, especially when the ratings came out, announcing the success of the series so far. We're going to continue to climb. When I say series, I'm talking about the daytime talk called Sherry, hosted by Sherry Shepard. Absolutely. Well, Rashawn, let me first and foremost say we were so excited to have you here hanging out with us. It, it meant a lot. Uh, you've had great success in this very genre uh, with multiple people and multiple <laughs> platforms. Mm -hmm. And so to have you here really was validating for us, man. And, and to not only uh, get your feedback and to hear that you were enjoying yourself, watching you, like there were times where I would catch you from stage on the side of the stage and you were laughing at the stories. You were taking in the audience. And just seeing you in real time have a good time, which is our mission for everybody that watches this show, that comes to this show, it, it meant a lot to us. Because you're one of those people like me, Rashawn. It takes a lot to make you laugh out loud. Yes, sir. So to see you laugh out loud, yes. I knew we were achieving our goal. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, the, the whole process of being an executive producer is that, you know, you're reaching a lot of people that you don't know. And an audience you can't see. So to see a live reaction is always instant validation. Okay, he got it. Okay, this did work. This did make sense. But watching you take on the role of executive producer on a national series that's cleared at over 90% of the, this country, that means you're talking to people in Utah. You're talking to people in Vermont. You're talking to people in Alaska. You're talking to people in Texas. How do you, how's the show prepared? At what point of view are y'all coming? Other than Sherry, we know she's the star of the show, but you got to reach soccer moms, the Latino community, the African-American community, the conservative community. Do y'all take all that into consideration when you're doing the segments? You know what, Rashad? One of the things that we just try to be intentional about is giving people unapologetic Sherry. Uh, the beauty of Sherry is, and I had to tell this to our team here at, uh, in a meeting one time, uh, Sherry was what we like to call white famous before she was black famous. Yes. You know, Sherry was somebody who carved out a niche uh, in the Hollywood community as the little funny black girl on all the big major white sitcoms. Yes. You know, when Sherry first got on The View, uh, uh, they did like in the research studies because people outside of the industry don't know that all these shows do focus groups and research. Mm -hmm. They're these things that people like to talk about called cumulative scores, yes. which uh, quantify your impact to the audience. And when Sherry first got to The View, the Black audience was like, who is she? And how does she get this job? And, uh, you know, how does she deserve this opportunity? Right. Mm -hmm. And by uh, year two or three, she had become one of the favorites with the Black audience because they felt as though she spoke to their voice. So she was somebody who uh, middle America could relate to and liked. She's somebody who felt safe to them because they had seen her on Friends and everybody loves Raymond and all these big yes. major franchise uh, sitcoms. But then she was carving out a space for Black audiences. So by the time she left The View after her seven plus years on the show, Sherry had created this impact that really was kind of universal. She started moving in the spaces in which we talk about how Whoopi moves or Michael Jordan moves or maybe Will Smith before the Oscar slap. Right. A successful Black talent that uh, all of America just see as a talent. And yes, at some point, yes, people do remind you 
love the color of your skin. But for the most part, Sherry became one of those people that became relatable to everybody. You know, you found something in her journey to connect to. So when we're preparing uh, the content for the show, uh, we're looking at stories and ideas and guests. We really try to do the things that feel authentic to Sherry, because one of the things that we've learned is that if Sherry is doing something that feels authentic to her, that's fun for her, that's organic for her, then the audience has that same reaction to it. You know, and so if it's not something that's natural for her, if she can't find the humanity in it or the, the funny in it or the flirty in it, then we'll stay away from it, because if it doesn't connect with her, it's not going to connect with Mildred in Montana. Absolutely. And I think that's important. The beauty of uh, when you talk about her career, her relatability. I met Sherry when I was executive, co-executive producing the Jamie Foxx show back on the WB. And she was an actress we hired. And that's when she first came into my life. And and then as watched, so I've been, I've been at the, like I said, uh, on the windowsill watching her career. And you're absolutely correct. Being able to transition into white sitcoms, white television projects seamlessly. And that that was a testament to her crossover ability. And then, like you said, the view only just solidified it. And then when she came out, she was back to doing those things when she was no longer part of you, doing those white sitcoms or those non-traditional characters that you would not assume to be relatable to a Black actress or a Black actor. Then I see her at Essence, walking the streets of Essence, Black women stopping her, taking photos, taking selfies. So that type of crossover, and I and I, and I was blessed, every, when I say blessed, ladies and gentlemen, I arrived in New York when it was letting the audience in. And I'm going to tell you something, he's, he's right. I've been fortunate to launch a lot of TV shows, whether it's sitcoms, whether it's, whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, game shows, or whether it's uh, talk shows. The audience means everything. And how that audience comes in, we have a term that we do in talk show world called car wash. In other words, if somebody comes in, they don't look up to snuff, we're telling them we might have a, a coat in the back to put on them, or, oh, you look pretty bad, we're going to put you on the back row. You can't sit on the front row. That's car washing your audience. This audience that showed up that I saw looked like they were going to church, looked like they was ready for a um, a fashion show, and they were the stars. How did she make that switch? We know it was the Wendy Williams show, but to come on the air and an audience already lined up that fits her brand, how did she pull that off, John? Well, you know, the people are just responding to her. You know, here's the thing, you know, uh, people know that we inherited a uh, production team from uh, the Wendy Williams show and Debmar Mercury. Uh, and But everything that has been done to prepare for the Sherry show, uh, it has been very different from that. You know, uh, there's some people who worked for this syndication company for 13 years, but we've really uh, been able to condition people to uh, adopt the language of this is day one on a brand new franchise. So this isn't year 14 of a franchise that Denmark's been producing. This is season one on a brand new show that's literally all about Sherry. So the audience looks very different from the audience that used to come to the uh, previous show. Uh, the makeup of the demographics uh, that we have. And, it, you know, even with our uh, television reach, right. you know, our show is syndicated in something like 98.5% of the country. Uh, which wow. is a, a, a far more expensive audience than, mm -hmm. you know, there've been lots of stories in the press that we inherited time slots from Wendy Williams. But the truth of the matter is we expanded on many Absolutely. of those time slots. Absolutely. And um, because the Wendy Williams show was only in about 69% of mm -hmm. the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've added an additional 30 plus percent to uh, our audience. And so 
the timing and the appetite for Sherry was just right. And we lean into all things Sherry and making sure that this environment is a, a true reflection of her. You know, the through line is joy. The through line is laughter. The through line is friendship. You know, and, and the friendship part is so important, which is why on our premiere episode, one of her friends was one of our first guests, Candy Burris. You know, another friend of the, both of ours, uh, singer Trinice of American Idol fame, recorded our theme song. Talk show legend, you know, and friend to us both, Rolanda Watts is the voiceover announcer for our show every day. And so leaning to these elements that are uh, our real life personas uh, has really helped with an organic connection to the audience. And that's been imperative for our success, for sure. Well, you know, uh, social media can be a, a, a curse and it can be a blessing. And then you can read certain things in social media that just make you smile. Your post <laughs> that you did on LinkedIn with Rolanda Watts, was one of those posts that made me smile. It also let us know that life is about a journey, and you never okay. know how you will reconnect with a person, and is that person humble? Is that person ready to accept where you are at where they, where, or versus where they were met, where y'all met the first time around? Tell everybody about the Rolanda Watts relationship and the post that is one of my favorite posts. I'm just tell you, John, when I saw that, I shared it, I liked it, and because I, I love Rolanda Watson there, and I totally respect who you are and watch your journey from Tom Jordan to now. But that was a post that meant something to me. Absolutely, Rashawn. You know, uh, when I was a student in college, well, first before that, when I was a student in high school, uh, we took a class trip to New York City and we sat in the audience of the Rolanda Watts show. And I'll never forget, uh, Latoya Jackson was the guest that day. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and so then by the time I got to college, I uh, I was a latchkey kid, Rashawn. So so talk shows were my babysitters. I get home after school. I let myself into the house, and Ricky Lake and Rolanda and Montel Williams. Those were my babysitters. Yes. So I remember hearing of Ricky Lake's story and how she was discovered fresh out of college, and she was the youngest talk show host in the in the, in the business. And I thought that was going to be my trajectory. I thought I went down to Norfolk State. Shout out to anybody that went to an HBCU. And I thought I was going to go to this historically black college. Somebody was going to realize how gifted I was and give me a talk show. Right. And so in an effort to do that, I uh, uh, went on the Rolanda show at the time with a young lady I was dating uh -huh. and pro professed my love for her because I thought <laughs> going on Rolanda's show uh, and, and being on there, she was going to be like, oh, he's the one. We got to give him a talk show next. All right. uh, it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but, but once I, once I left school and started working professionally in the business, you know, my first act was that of an entertainment news writer. Yes. And one of the first interviews I actually did was with Rolanda Watts. I went to LA uh, to the Soul Train Awards as a guest of Coca-Cola at the time and went to this restaurant with my mentor, the legendary media personality, Tanya Hart and her husband. And Rolanda came and stopped by the restaurant to say hello to me, to meet me in person. And so she, as someone who I was a fan of, who I aspired to have a, a morsel of the success that she had in the business, and then someone at one point that I ultimately became friends with. And so when we were uh, mapping out uh, and shaping what we wanted the Sherry yes. show to be, mm -hmm. we were talking about voices and voiceover. There were several people we were looking at, and Sherry looked at me one day and said, I've always loved the uniqueness and the richness of Rolanda's voice, and that's what I want to hear right before I walk through the door. Wow. And so to not only have Rolanda be the voice of our show, but to have her come and sit in the audience on our premiere episode, it really was a full circle moment mm -hmm. for me because I 
went from sitting in the audience of her talk show as a high school kid to her being in a show that I'm executive producing uh, alongside Sherry Shepard. And it really was a true full circle moment. Now, we say the word executive producing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But sometimes I see your face, your little handsome face <laughs> on TV comments. So so when you say, Rashawn, when I graduated from Norfolk, I went up to Rolanda. I was trying to be a talk show host. I'm not saying you're a talk show host, but you make an appearances on a successful talk show job. Talk about well, you, how that, from, yes. from a creative standpoint, how did that come about? Because it's very effective. Thank you, Rashad. You listen, I grew up wanting to be like the Black Regis film and yes. Black Tom Bergeron. Mm-hmm. And I love guys like Arsenio. And mm-hmm. and this opportunity has almost made me like the Black Gelman. Anybody who watched Regis and Kathy Lee or Ryan and mm-hmm. Kelly know that they have an executive producer who sometimes appears on camera. Or if you are of a generation older than me, clearly you remember maybe like Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Yes, I've been wrangled into the on-camera executive producer role, and it's great. You know, again, one of the things that really work, particularly in the daytime space, Rashawn, and you know this, Mm -hmm. is that authentic chemistry works, you know? And the fact that Sherry and I have a real-life relationship in addition to our working relationship, it resonates with people on camera. And so she was just telling me in a conversation the other day that one of the things that she loves to hear about is people just love to hear us have our moments on camera, you know, and Mm -hmm. that we are able to thread our real life experiences into some of these wonky and funny and hilarious stories. You know, sometimes I'm teasing her as we're talking about something that may have to do with divorce. Uh You know, I didn't want her to marry that, that second knucklehead (laughs) or, or sometimes because Sherry's like a real life. I love Lucy. She forgets a factoid or something and a story or something that she's talking about. And, because I'm like this pop culture enthusiast, I'm able to fill in the blanks and, and help her continue the journey. So, man, it's, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. It's a magical thing. But more than anything, this is an authentic presentation of how we are in real life. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Well, you know, I was fortunate to be an executive producer of a successful daytime talk, and I'm a black man. And uh, I'm always happy to hear our black sisters being executive producers of these shows, these news programs. But rarely do we see black men being in this capacity because it's daytime talk and daytime talk supposed to be focused on women. So we generally not looked upon of having the proper voice, especially because we're African-American, that will relate to the white soccer mom who's 51 years old in the Midwest. You being out, Tara Banks was on the show, and I was actually up there when she was taping that particular episode, talking about black men executive producing, and that really meant something to you. It did, it did, Rashawn. Let me tell you, um, that day was really special because uh, I had never met really Tyra Banks before. Yes. Um, I think I saw her in passing sometime long, but we never had a moment. And so um, before our show, both Sherry and I individually go up and we greet our guests and we welcome them uh, you know, to our home. And it really sets the tone for people's experience at the show um, because you know, they feel safe. They know that they're coming to a place that there are no gotcha moments and we're not ambushing anybody. Like, right. come and have a good time with us. And so I went up to uh, to greet Tyra Banks And, you know, one of our producers here at Sherry used to be her personal assistant. And Tyra Banks had shot her talk show in the very same studio that we're in right now. And so this producer who has his own office now 
used to uh, work inside of the dressing room where Sherry's dressing room is. Right. And so Tyra, I'm telling Tyra, did you do you know your former producer Joe Colasante is a, <laughs> uh, uh, your former assistant Joe is a producer here? She had no idea. Wow. So she had me go get Joe so she could see him and. And so by the time they had had their moment and we got down and taped the, uh, the segments for the show, after Tyra's second segment, she asked me, could she give me a hug? And I said, absolutely. And she says, I just have to tell you, seeing you here inspires me. She says, because when I was doing this, there weren't black no, male executive no, producers. No. And she said, my manager at the time was a black man yes. and he got the executive producer credit, but he wasn't actually doing the work. Yes. And they tell me you're actually doing the work. And I want to say to you, keep doing it because I'm inspired seeing you here. Man, it touched me because the truth of the matter is there have not been a lot of us, Rashawn. You know, you worked in the space. You know, Twitch became an executive producer at Ellen. And that's a good brother there. He reached out to me and and was so supportive when I was going through my journey. Um, And, you know, and there have been one or two others in the space, but they're few and far between. And, you know, not only did what Tyra said to me meant a lot, but um, Heather Gray, who was the executive producer of the showrunner at the talk, who passed this summer, mm-hmm. uh, passed three days before we were supposed to meet in person. Wow. Because over the last year, she and I had become fast friends. And once this opportunity presented itself, she was one of the people who was there with me at every turn, uh, encouraging me, coaching me, giving me insight on my journey. I also got to acknowledge the great Bill Getty, who helped create The View with Barbara Walters. He was so wonderful to me while I was going through my negotiations and taking this pivot with Sherry to make sure I was empowered with information Mm -hmm. and and tools and knowledge that I needed to be effective in this space. And when we're all stepping into a new area, you know, we all need community, you know, Uh, sometimes people like to hold stuff close to their vest and we like to move in secrecy. And it's great to be discreet about the things you have going on, but sometimes you have to lean into the excellence that other people have and let them give you a perspective that's going to sharpen your eye. And I was grateful to have a community of people that rose up for me because folks knew it was important for me to be on this journey with Sherry. And it was important for me to make a substantial impact doing this work. Which is really important for you, for me to hear come out from your voice, because in the sense that, you know, you, you're doing things. Sherry is your cornerstone, John Murray. I'm talking to John Murray, the exec, one of the executive producers of the uh, the show, the, the hit series, you know, because when you see these ratings, you you don't know, John. You know, all you do is just work hard, work hard, work hard. You don't know what America's going to say. You know, you had Jennifer Hudson popping out there. You know, you, you know, you doing, you don't know if uh, are people's perceiving you or any animosity, any negative takeover for Wendy. All y'all been doing is good spirited stuff. But, you know, you're doing uncensored. You're about to do a uh, moderating of uh, uh, your moderator for the Lewis uh, Cards, the Blueprint Men's Summit in Chicago coming up this month. When you're doing these things outside, how are people reacting to you, Mr. Murray? Well, you know, Rashawn, one of the blessings that I had before going on the journey with Sherry was that uh, I was like a road MC, man. I uh, was always on the weekend uh, hosting events, holding a microphone, on a plane, in a hotel, and I really loved it. It was you know, it was the thing that was my constant in between the inconsistency of the TV world. Um, what I'm grateful about is a lot of that is being enhanced now that that I'm on this journey with Sherry because, because I'm one of a few people who are thriving in a space where Black men haven't had great success, you know. We are few and far between. Um, people want, want to hear about that. They want to learn about that. And... Um, you know, and I'm open to sharing and encouraging and inspiring. So it's great to be able to 
move back in some of the same spaces I've already had success in with this with this new victory under my belt. You know, I'm excited to go to Chicago and do this, uh, the summit with Lewis Carr, because the truth of the matter is there are now a lot of spaces where uh, safe places where black men can find refuge in community with each other. Like if you didn't pledge one of the HBCU Greek letter fraternities, <laughs> um, you don't necessarily, or unless you grew up in a house full of brothers, there are always places that once you reach a certain level of success or mm-hmm. you're thriving in a particular uh, area professionally, that you can find safety and refuge with each other, you know? And so I'm grateful to be going to a place that's just, it was a, a summit built just around this men finding uh, black men right. finding success in their respective genres coming together for an informative, empowering, and informational two-day summit. I'm, I'm grateful that uh, both Lewis and Nicole Pittman, who works with him on it, right. uh, thought enough of me to invite me long before the show premiered to come in and, and, and play a part in this. And so I, I, I'm in a place, uh, Rashawn, and, and you know this journey because you've done it yourself, that not only am I helping to uh, shape great content for the masses to have, but one of the things that most excites me is that there are some other people who have been working in this business, great talent who've been on the sidelines, experts in various fields, uh, underdog, unsung talent that we've been able to put in the game, that we've been able to give yes. opportunity to, that mm-hmm. we've been able to give a platform to shine. And that's one of the things that means more to me than anything. Taking a chance on people who can maximize this opportunity and use it to do some other great things. You know, Sherry always talks about Chef Melba Wilson, who if you've ever come to New York City, everybody goes up to Melba's in Harlem. Yes. Um, but, but Melba has become a dynamic TV chef. She's had such great success, her mm-hmm. philanthropic work. Mm-hmm. But we had her join us a few times when Sherry was guest hosting for Wendy Williams. And not that that opportunity contributed to her next blessing, but shortly thereafter, she got called in to guest host with Ryan Seacrest on Live with Kelly and Ryan, which is the number one show in all of daytime. Nobody else does, I mean, outside of The View. uh, But they are the number one show in syndication, which The View is a network TV show. Mm -hmm. But for Melba, as a Black woman, to be able to go and have that opportunity after coming in and, and helping cooking up a little bit of magic with us. <laughs> like, that's what we want to do, man. We want to, we want to help shine a light on people who need brighter lights shine on them for sure. I've always enjoyed your personality. I've always enjoyed it. Your mind, you're smart, very, very smart, very informed and never, and, and, and your personality is always engaging. I never felt like, uh, you know, a lot of people are, can feel, they come from our men who are successful and feel challenged or feel insecure. You never shine that light of, of I won't, I, I, I you, you, like, in other words, you got your place in the room, you cool with it. Just let me do my thing. If it expands a little bit, don't get nervous. I'm just doing my thing. Now, it's called competition. It's called competition. But yeah. as you come through this whole world, and I've seen your journey for a long time, if you could point out one person that may have been instrumental in your entertainment arc, who would that be? Oh, you know, there's some, there are actually some really good people that have helped me a lot. You know, I talked about meeting my mentor, mm-hmm. the living legend, media personality, Tanya Hart. Um, but I often celebrate how, when I was a college kid who, now, so Rashawn, I, I still look like a young man, but I'm in my 40s. Right. So like, I, I'm kind of in that in-between phase. So like, 
Yes, I'm in I'm in the streets and, and social media, and I, you know I'm I'm popping. I'm learning the lingo. Uh-huh. Uh, all the twenty something year old producers here are keeping me hip and stuff. Right. Uh, I may dye my hair every few weeks to make sure the grades don't come in and that type of thing. But but I'm also of the generation that like uh, I remember life before social media was our everything, and before before Al Gore's internet was our everything. Yes, and so I remember what it was like to have to go to a convention and shake hands and take a deep breath before you had to network and introduce yourself to somebody. So I remember getting the number to the E network uh, from a phone book. Right. And I called over to the E network while I was a student at Norfolk state university. And I left a voicemail message for a producer that was producing the show that Tanya Hart was doing on E at the time. And she called this young college student back and was like, the producer called me and gave me your number. And I just had to call and see who this ambitious young man was that reached out to me and said he was really inspired by my career. And Tanya sat on the phone with a perfect stranger in a dorm room down in Norfolk, Virginia, and talked to me for 90 minutes. And wow. at the end of that call, she said to me, I can't wait to meet you in person. And if forever there's an opportunity where you're applying for a job, just put my company on your resume and say you're one of my East Coast contributors. Wow. And just having somebody take a chance on me like that sight unseen really helped. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, there's a personality on uh, Sirius XM's Heart and Soul. Her name is Michelle Wright. I was an intern at a radio station in Washington, D.C., and Michelle saw this ambitious, hungry intern and took me under her wing and had me start to help produce content for her midday show. And when I went back to college that fall, Michelle started paying me out of her pocket and sending me a, a stipend to help create this content for her for her midday show. So she was technically my first boss in the business because she's the first person that ever paid me to do work in the entertainment industry. So both of those women are two women that have been very pivotal and very key in my success. And there have been so many other great people. I mean, listen, Rashad, there were times when I was being, I was being tested for a game show. And I called you and you really walked me through the nuances and mm-hmm. the, the, the hows and the how nots and the, and the what to do's and the what not to do's while I was on that journey. And then you were talking earlier about like owning my space and, and, and not uh, feeling competitive with other people. And I have to say, my big brother Roland Martin said something to me years ago that always stuck with me. He was like, can't nobody out Roland Roland Martin. Yes. And he was like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be me and I'm going to be me unapologetically. And the reason why I never get intimidated by any of my peers is I know when I show up, whether it's John, the personality, the you know, the TV talent, the host, or whether it's John, the producer, John, the brains, John, the strategist, John, the visionary, the creative. I know that I bring my best self to all of those situations. And if for some reason people like what you do different than I do, then that's your blessing. It's not mine. Right. So I've never... Uh, been nervous or intimidated by by being in anybody else's spaces because you can't out John John Murray, you know? <laughs> and so that was one of the gifts that Roland Martin got me. And it really helped shape uh, my approach to this because we can slip into accidental competitiveness. We can slip into these mm-hmm. toxic behaviors of um, wanting or emulating or desiring what we see other people have. But the other thing that I've learned through trial and error is, Rashawn, I don't know the story behind your glory. 
And so it looks good on the outside, but I might not want to go through the sleepless nights and yeah. the crying moments and, and the bankruptcies or whatever the other things you had to go through yes, sir. to become the excellence that you are. I don't, I may not want to go through all of that. So finding my own path and my own journey mm-hmm. is the best path for me because the struggles and the obstacles that I've had to face to get to this point I wouldn't want to share those with anybody else. And you don't want to share yours with me, you know? I tell you, you can't out John, John Murray. He, That's you need it. To, you need to put that on, a, on the wall because that, that fits you. You can't out John, John. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I know Roland Martin, so I know he's he is the truth. And I remember when he left uh, TV One, when the show got canceled, he talked to me. He said, Richard, what am I going to do? I said, won't you just start doing your show on YouTube? He said, huh? I said, won't you just take control of your narrative? Sometimes all mm-hmm. you got to do is tell somebody something and they hear it and guess what? He's been controlling his narrative and the only person can cancel Roland is Roland. That's the beauty of him living his life now. Highly successful, thousands of subscribers, generating revenue revenue for him personally. All he has to do is produce content. But my friend, and I call you my friend because coming up to New York and seeing you and Sherry, you executive producing, you off you off on the side talking to her on. I love y'all, man. I love you as a as a young man who is doing something very inspirational in his business. It's your time. It's your time in social media. Continue to speak. Continue to carry that that trophy, that trophy of honesty, that trophy of being able to get it done because you can't out John. John Murray. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I, I have to say this on my way out, though. If you really love me, you'd send me one of those cakes you'd be baking now. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing this good food and not tasting any of it. Okay, so you know, when I, I was up there, John, you said, Rashawn, we're going to bring you on the show. We're I'm going to get you, you back up here to cook for... If I got to book you to eat your cake, then... Hey, hey, boy, hey, man, that, hey, did, that didn't translate well. If I got to book you to eat some of your good food, then we go. that's what we're going to make happen. Absolutely, <laughs> my brother. I love you, brother. We talk soon. And tell Sherry hi, okay? I will do Thank that. you for coming Thank on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. This is John, because you cannot John, John Murray, executive <laughs> producer of Sherry. Well, AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations, Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. Recently, I spoke with the CEO of Diverse Media and the author of On Impact, Life, Leadership, and Betting on Yourself, Benny Pugh. He explains how identifying your strategy and goals can help you on your path to success. Entering into the music business, I realized there were no salt and pepper hair black men walking in the buildings. That's when I decided on two plan A's. My first plan A was this corporate job, which actually paid exponentially. But knowing that this would not be my retirement because there was no one in their mid-50s, late-60s. So that's when I invested in real estate. So every bonus I made went to purchasing a piece of property. That's what I said was going to be important for me, being blessed in an opportunity to um, make the living that I was I was doing. Listen to this full interview with Benny Pugh. It's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. My guest is Dr. Cole Robert-Jones, a veteran of the industry, more, more importantly, a veteran of the entertainment industry. Nicole worked in the talent management and casting before shifting her talents to help others bankroll their brilliance. That's why I got on the show, Money-Making Conversations. She got the word bankroll already. So we started in the right direction with Nicole. Nicole now works with entrepreneurs to create multiple streams of income, which we love hearing about on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, for what they already know to build an empire from their own expertise and especially their brilliance. Additionally, she provides training and development to corporations to raise employee engagement and retention. The military need to be talking to her. Please welcome to Money Money Making Conversation Masterclass the one and only Dr. Nicole Roberts-Jones. Yeah, excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, thank you for taking the time to come on my show again. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of jokingly said that about, you know, when you said uh, corporations, you know, raising employment engagement, employee engagement and retention. And the military has the problem. Have you positioned yourself to be talked to the military or has the military ever approached you? Because that's a skill set they know they need, Mm -hmm. especially creating recruitment engagement and then also retention because uh, requires the kept, you know, the the military uh, recruitment is always receiving a lot of negative backlash. They're not meeting their their numbers, which which will become dangerous here pretty soon. Talk to me, Nicole. So I so what's funny is I have government as my number one goal for 2023. So you just speaking the prophesying over there. So yes, I um have as my goal too because here's one thing I know, Rashawn is no matter what you do, your purpose is the one thing you never get fired from. Right. So if you're gonna align that with your work, not only will you love it, but you're overperform everybody else. So right. yes, definitely, I'm looking into uh, more government. Um, uh, you have work. to because, like I said, that's mm-hmm. the world. I'm, I'm, and I'm really talking about that military side. You know, yeah. the army, mm-hmm. the navy, Air Force, all those, all those little quotes they always say because of the fact that, you know, you know, it's like the police. You complain about the police till you just dial nine one one. Okay. Hello. You complain about <laughs> the army till you say who's protecting our borders. 
Okay. Right. So that means that there are people out there that we need to be able to position to do those things. Yeah. And yep. let's go back to a little bit because I love the fact what you do now because you've always been a person that has, you know, sought out talent had an eye for talent in your casting days. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that because being a person that went in for auditions, who mailed his headshot in, trying to get cast, <laughs> that was always an annoying part of my life. What yeah. were you looking for in that genre when you was talking when you was when you was doing talent management and also casting? You know, what's interesting is I've always been, since I was four or five years old, someone that could see people's natural talent. And my friends called it bossy back then. And I would like make suggestions of what you should do. So when I worked in TV and film, the thing that was easy for me is when you came in for an audition, I could see you. Right. So I could look past whether you could act or not. That was a whole nother conversation. I could see <laughs> you and how you could fit into the script. Now, mm-hmm. acting is, a you know, you have to be able to act to do that piece. But beyond just that, I had to be able to see you inside of that role. So I think that was my gift. And that's really what I do with entrepreneurs now is being able to see or even corporate executives being able to see who you be mm-hmm. and how that aligns with the work that you should do. Because sometimes people go in for one role. And mm-hmm. they say, you know, you'll fit better over here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so and so that's important when uh, sometimes in jobs that you do, you might be doing this job, but that may not be your strength. How do you break down the people, the reality of what their gift really is versus what they want to do? Mm, that's so good. So I think many of us grow up in culture where we make lists, right? I want 2.5 kids. I want to have this house. I want to work mm-hmm. in this career. But we don't stop long enough to tap into our soul and really understand who we be at our core. Right. So it's really looking beyond what the world says, what perception says, and the list that we make to really get to know yourself on a deeper level. I think when I meet many people, it's not even that your original list isn't in alignment with what you're great at. It may be that you just have outgrown that place. I like that. And so it's really going to that next level. You know, oftentimes I say God doesn't rumble you up because he's like okay with where you are, he's looking for who you have not yet right. become. Right. And it's in that place that we've got to do the work to move to your next. You know, what I always talk about on this show, a lot of people, you know, it's this entrepreneur right. show. Really, it's a show about life because, you know, I, I talk about it, relationships. That's what this mm-hmm. show is about because if you don't have poor communication, if you have poor communication in a relationship, you don't have a relationship. Same thing right. as your job. Same thing as a business owner. Same thing as an entrepreneur. So, do you take that global perspective when you're talking to your to clients or talking to people trying to motivate them and realize that the skill that you're giving them should be universal? Mm-hmm. So really, to be honest with you, it's not even about you. Mm-hmm. So when you think about what you do for a living, it's about, listen, profit, the word profit means gain. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, the goal is this. How are you gaining for that person? You, If you're worried about gaining for your pocketbook, you're always going to be behind. Now, I'm not saying don't make money because we're on money-making <laughs> conversations. But if you can up-level that mm-hmm. and understand that when you bless somebody with the thing that you do, they're gaining. And right. ultimately, when you do the thing that you were born to do, you're gaining for God. Because right. what you're doing is moving his agenda forward as you bless the people that need you. So it's bigger than just a check. It's about what impact are you making with the thing that you do. So I'm speaking to Dr. Dr. Nicole Robert Jones, and it's about when I bring her on the show, she has a lot of in- natural instincts. And so we all have natural instincts, but it's mm-hmm. how you allow them to manifest themselves to your dreams, you know. And mm-hmm. when you start talking about multiple streams of income, and that's, I read that out in her credits. You know, she always emphasized that. Can you explain to people what exactly that is, just in case they don't know? 
Um, so as an entrepreneur, if you're only working with your clients and you have to be present, you're already capping off two things. Obviously, you know, I'm going to say how much money you make, mm -hmm. but it's also how much transformation that you're able to impact in this world. So when you think about all the ways you can take your DNA, your distinct natural ability, and package it into multiple ways you can serve people, most of them, some of them, I would say most, but some of them should be what I call making money while you sleep. So right now, somebody's going through one of my programs and I'm not there. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I've right. had clients in Singapore and Aruba. And listen, in Singapore, usually when I'm asleep, they're awake and vice versa. Mm -hmm. That means that they're, they were going through a program of, or they were going through one of my programs online and I wasn't present. Mm -hmm. So when you look at all the ways, and I think if I give you a concrete example, um, a lawyer that I worked with before. And most lawyers think, and this is replies to everybody, that you know they have to be present. And or lawyers like, well, I can't give legal advice, but there are a whole lot of things that you know because you went through law school that the typical person doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So the lawyer that I'm thinking of in general, or specifically rather, I should say, is a family practice lawyer. And I'm, when I said to her, what do people come to you for the most? And she said, divorce. I said, how many people do you turn away because they can't afford your billable hours? She said, oh, a lot. Mm -hmm. If you walk them through how to fill out their own paperwork online, at least they would get something. It's better than nothing. And then you also get something in return. It's called money in your revenue in your business. Right. So it's looking at all the ways that you're leaving transformation behind because you're only looking one dimensionally at your gift. Right. You know, I, I think that I call it mailbox money. You know, you, you, just, <laughs> you open the mailbox. Woo, Lord, a chick. That's mailbox right. money. And she, you know, <laughs> some people say, I you, love that. Some people use the terminology, you know, sleep, money while you sleep, which is another mm -hmm. terminology. The bottom line is that if you are physically tied to the money that you make, that means that you are physically tied to that, which means that you can't get sick, which means that you have to worry about days off, which means you have to yeah. worry about vacation, which you have to worry. Uh, I'm not saying that mailbox money pre uh, prevents that from happening, but guess what? If you got another job and you get mailbox money and you got another job and you're making money while you sleep, that determines the level of conversation we were saying multiple streams of income. Yeah. And yeah. if I give you another example, if you don't mind, because mm -hmm. some people think this doesn't apply to them. I had a, a woman who was a gymnast. They used to train kids. Now, when I met her, she was in her 40s. And I said to her, how much longer are you going to be able to flip? Right. Let's keep it all the way real. So in a minute, you're not going to be able to get on the floor and flip. How are you going to make money? She was silent. I said, so what you need to realize now is how do you shift it now before it's too late? And what she said to me was, because I, of course I suggested that you hire other people, teach them your methodology, and you can have other people teaching it. She said, well, somebody might steal it. I said, girl, do you know what a lawyer is? Number yes. one. Yes. Number two. Two, why don't you buy the gym that you're doing this stuff in so that you can use it more than just your classes. You can rent it out, rent it out for parties. And so, so it's really thinking outside of the box right. to all the other revenue opportunities that are available to you mm -hmm. instead of just, again, thinking about it in one way. Now, um, you're so funny. What was the change with Dr. Nicole Roberts Jones? You know, if you, you got to watch her. Listening to her is cool. You got to watch her. She is so expressive. <laughs> she's one of the people where I wish I'd have known her in college. She would have been a hoot because she's she's really, she, you can just see yes, the words come out. a good time. Out. We go out for drinks. We have a good oh, time. No, no, I no, no. Say you can see, all the time. Come right? on. You see the words come out of our mouth. You see them. You know, you, you see them. And they like, they like hitting you. Like, wow, okay, she has something to say. And that's why I love talking to her, which means that well, that's why she's so successful because of the fact she's very expressive. But there's a conversation that allows you to believe that 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 can be part of your DNA. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about people who are afraid 
to create change in their life, create change in their relationships. I always keep going back to mm-hmm. relationships because a lot of people, mm-hmm. when I start talking about create change, start talking about job, talking about fear, there are people out there with relationships right now they don't want to be in, but they're afraid to make change. There are people right. out there working jobs 40 hours a week. They don't want it. There are people out there got a hamburger sitting on their shelf. No, it's no good, but they're afraid to make change. I was yeah. talking to this company. They brought me in. They had me sample all the food. I told them what I didn't like about it because everybody knows I'm a foodie. I said, I hate your fries. I said, I'm a fry person. Change the fry. Oh, no, our customers love those fries. But are they, what customer? Is it a bunch of customers or just a customers who come through there? You try to get to the bunch of customers. Now, if right. a bunch of customers like that fry, Rashawn has nothing to say. But if just a few people like those fries and you try to get to a bunch, change those fries. So that's the conversation. You, you hone in to people all the time. People are resistant to change. Tell us about that. So, you know, one of the things that I always say is your comfort zone is where your dreams go to die. Because what happens is when you're trying to stay comfortable, that means, as my auntie used to always say, don't limit God's ability to bless you because you can't see this other possibility. When faith, Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you're limiting what's possible by only by what you can see. And when God is rumbling in something inside of you, it's always going to be bigger than what you see. I don't know why I'm getting into the Bible, but one of my favorite Bible verses, Ephesians 3.20, is if God is going to do abundantly above all you could ask or think, if it's bigger than what you've ever seen and what you've ever thought of, uh, yeah, it's going to be scary. But that's when God does his best work, when we rely completely and totally on him and expand what's possible. That's my girl, Dr. Nicole Roberts-Jones. Now, <laughs> now it's time to my little, this part of this, you pull, you know, if you're far away from the, from the microphone, from the radio, the podcast, or TV, get close. <laughs> She's about to give out some steps. Now, again, she, tell us about your online classes before we get into the tips of bankrolling your brilliance. Mm-hmm. Tell, uh, I'm sorry, tell you about what? The, your the... online classes that you offer. So, so I, well, there's so many different kinds. And here's the thing I want you guys to get. It, everybody, it's not a cookie cutter. Everybody's different. Right. So instead, I'd rather give out a free gift. The free gift is my Bank While Your Brains ebook. And the reason I'm doing this is because, one, it will allow you to see where you are. But if you know me, like you think you might know me, you know you'll get another email from me, which is also a <laughs> way for you to assess where you are. So the book is Bank While Your Brains book.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that book, it gives you 15 ways to profit from your brilliance, your DNA, your, your genius. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Well, no, one of the top ones that... um. Because my wife always tells me this. She's, she'll hear me on the phone talking to people. You know, Stop giving away your intellectual property for free. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I, I always tell her, I go, can't nobody do it with me. And, you know, and, and just as a stand-up comic, I always go back to when I stand-up comedy days because I used to know comedians, you know, they wouldn't go on stage and do their best sets because they were afraid somebody might steal their jokes. Yeah. And I've always been the mindset is that I'm not a well that's going to run dry. You know, I'm gonna keep and not, only that, not only that, but I always say a second-rate version of me is never going to be the first-rate. Come on now. So, so when stop giving away your intellectual property for free, tell us over mm-hmm. that. That's one of your tips 
of how yes. to bankroll your brain. Uh, I misunderstood your question. Got you. So, yes. So, listen, we walk around overlooking our brilliance, mm-hmm. meaning that we think, oh, doesn't everybody know how to do this? Oh, this is easy. So mm-hmm. you give away content, context, advice. Mm-hmm. And if I give you a tangible example, I have a girlfriend that's a journalist and she was talking about how people call her and try, you know, to ask how she got on TV. I said, stop it. You know, you're coaching people, right? She said, oh, yeah, you're giving away your cookie for mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. So I need you to stop doing that. And so she created a whole on-air academy. Right. So it's really understanding how do you not understanding. It's really un- seeing that you have value that people will pay for. Right. That makes a difference. Right. Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, I guess the level of people that call me. Because, you know, they would probably not be signing up for online class. Go, who just called you? I go, well, they just need some advice. But I know Mm -hmm. that exactly. And I think maybe one day I'll sit down with you, Dr. Mm -hmm. Jones, because I need that coaching. You know, because people always tell me that I I, I hear the word genius, uh, brilliant, uh, ability to to market and brand things. I've done it so many years consistently. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to wrap my head around how does that feel like a course? How do you look like a person like me? They tell me I need to write a book. You know, some people mm-hmm. say, man, they need a documentary on you, you know. Right, and, right. And so, but these are compliments. But how do you turn compliments into revenue? So the first thing that I do with my clients is we create what I call a blueprint uh, mm-hmm. or a methodology. So because you cannot see the label from inside the jar. What do I mean by that? Okay, so don't judge me. This is not Kool-Aid. This is vitamin water, okay? But on this water <laughs> bottle, <laughs> there is a label. If you live inside a jar and the labels on outside, you can't see what you do. Mm-hmm. So then when you try, this is why it's hard for you, Rashawn, when you try to then package what you do into some kind of methodology to t- teach people, it's hard because you just do it effortlessly. Right. So it's really helping some, ha- having someone that c- can produce you. So this is why I say my TV and film from casting to producing comes into play because really what I do is take you through an exercise where I'm producing the value that is coming out of you effortlessly. I can see it. We write it down. We create a methodology for from it. Now, what do I mean by that? Most people have a, a think about it like this. When I wake up in the morning and I, and I wash my face, I have a whole routine that I brush my teeth, wash my face, put on my makeup. If I forget to do something, it's because I did something out of order. Right. I have a methodology. Right. And so when I'm outside of it, something is off and I can feel it. It's the same way we each function in our gifts and we don't realize it because we're on autopilot. So it's really taking the time to have someone help you do that. And you can't do it because, again, you can't see the label. So there'll be things that you'll overlook, which we intrinsically all do that. You know, I I 100% agree with this habit. Because, like, when I travel, if I break (laughs) tradition, like, for instance, I travel, I always have a carry bag. And sometimes I have a a, a carry bag I can put in the up top. Like, when Mm -hmm. I went to Orlando last week, I didn't bring the carry bag to put up top. I just checked luggage. And child, when I got up from that plane seat, I was like, okay, something's uncomfortable. Right. right. Something's uncomfortable. Something's uncomfortable. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with like our, I've left maybe two coats on the plane. You know, they come to right. you and you check them because I broke habit. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I, 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 you really have to be aware of, of doing things successfully in a habit way because you break habit, it does impact your life. Yeah, yeah. And so what, in essence, you have to do is take the thing that you've been doing. Look, every morning when I wake up, I can't wake up and say, I think I feel like being Rashawn today. Yeah, that right. will not work. Right. Every day I'm automatically Nicole. So again, there's things that I do that I don't even realize that I'm doing. My husband sometimes laughs at me like, do you realize you do this? Like I laugh and then I always go, hmm, at the end of me laughing. I'm like... 
I didn't know I did that. <laughs> so it's again, that's who I am and what I do because I laugh really hardy and I feel like right. I need to breathe after I laugh. That's right, really right, what that right. is. But I'm sharing that because all of us do things that we don't realize that we're doing. So it's really taking the time to hire someone that can pull that out of you so that you can then create programming from that. That is the yummy stuff that gets left out when people are building businesses. I am going to, we're going to connect because I think that I need to bring you into my life to d- develop that platform because yeah. I really don't know what to do. I really mm-hmm. don't know, but I, everything you're saying is absolutely correct. And uh, if you have time, I will, you know, this interview is about you. Of course, of I'm, course. I'm, this is what I do for a living. Yeah, you got to do is reach out. You know how to find me. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm getting personal now, you know. Like, this, this is my show. This is about me now, you know. It ain't about you no more. Hey, what, what time can we connect so I can tell you my life story so we can make some money? Because that's what it's about. It's about making money, but making money off your experience, yeah. making money off your value. And then, but it's also you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. And I think that's one of the things that you talk about a lot because I can't do what you do. Like you just mm-hmm. said, I can't wake up and be Rashawn because, right. but but I got to lean in your direction because you're the truth. And, and if here's you're the, the truth, other thing too, Rashawn, when you think about that is there will be some people that think, oh, she's too much. And I am too much for you. Right. But there are some right. people that love me because I'm I'm very uh, animated. <laughs> That's who I am. So some people try to turn it down. I stopped letting people turn down oh my, my life. This is who I am. I didn't create this God did. So what I'm saying when I turned down my light is God made a mistake. Instead of being all of who I am and knowing that there's some people that I'm assigned and aligned with and some I'm not. And that's okay. That's for all of us. And the more you get clear on that, the better your life, your business, even I love how you talk about relationships. Everything's a relay. It's how we relate to one another. And so when you start to be you fully and completely, that's when people can really relate with you. And that's really the truth. And I think that uh, there's a comfort zone with you in communicating because I interview people all the time. I I, I can't tell you how many people I probably could have said, you know, so Nicole or Dr. Nicole Roberts-Jones, we need to connect because... I can't do something. Because my whole career is tied to Rashawn McDonald knows everything. Rashawn <laughs> McDonald. I remember Steve Harvey's always said, Rashawn, do you really think you know everything? I go, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what you want me to do? Say no. That, that, that is not part of my DNA. My part of my DNA right. is to have answers. And that's what makes me successful when people come to me with answers. Mm-hmm. And so when you when, and so if I tell people publicly that as a leader, you know, they always tell you, you can't show any signs of weakness. And so that sometimes as a leader, you tend not go to somebody who may be a subordinate, not saying you're a subordinate, but somebody else who has a different mm-hmm. skill set and admit you can't do that. And they might use that against you. I'm just telling you, you created a comfort zone with me that I don't feel a negative spirit when I tell you I need your help. Well, here's the other thing too, Rashawn. I don't think any of us are born to fit in a box. Each of us were born to disrupt whatever system we're called to work in. What do I mean by that? So if I work in corporate, corporate is already corporate. Corporate doesn't need more of corporate. So if I go in there with all my flowery, you know, bold colors and I'm all animated, (laughs) they love it. But some people will try to fit in the box of corporate and go in there and they wonder why they're not coming back for more and more. Corporate doesn't need more of corporate. If they're hiring you because they need you to be different than that system. And so I think so many of us try to fit into a box and God never intended for us to fit in any kind of box. Well, I don't know someone. She fitting in, she's not fitting in my box. I'm talking that very <laughs> transformative speaker. 
She'll tell you how to bankroll your brilliance, Dr. Nicole Robert Jones. Now, what's what's in the future? We're going into 2023. Mm-hmm. I already gave you, I already spoke some some gifts into the into the world about working for the government. Yeah. Yes. In the fourth quarter, I always know in the fourth quarter, I plan for the first quarter. Fourth yes. quarter to me is plan for the first quarter to the upcoming year. And I yes. know you think the same way. Tell our audience how you do that. So at the actually October of every year, I sit down and plan my entire next year. And the reason I do that. It's because when things are planned, and stuff happens, y'all. Plans don't always work out the way you plan them out. But when you have a plan, you can move stuff around easily. Instead of, you can be proactive rather than reactive. When COVID happened, I already had things planned out. I moved stuff around because COVID happened. Right. So, yeah, I always sit down. So from quarter one of 2023, I'm working on my next book. So by the grace of God, I'll have a, a, a book deal this time instead of self-publishing. Hello, come on, Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one. And then I told you I'm going into the government um, um, uh, sector is those are my two big goals for top of 2023. OK, you, you forgot the third one, Rashawn McDonald. Okay. Oh, that's a given. I'm going to tell you something. You can't let people forget your dreams now. You know, just in case I, she said that's a given. No, 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 no. Just remind you, Rushanda is not doing an interview personality here. I'm telling you that I I, I feel the spirit. I said, yeah. and the spirit is that you have to you you know that you know I'm only getting older. I feel good about how I look and what I do, but somewhere along the line. I have to listen to what people keep telling me sometime on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. Rashawn, yeah. your gifts are undeniable. You think things that are very unique and shareable. Uh, and and you do the same thing, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jones. And, mm-hmm. and it's time for me to come to a person like you and allow you to unleash some gifts that I have hidden. And so mm-hmm. I want to thank you for coming, finally coming on my show, because we've like scheduled this meeting, rescheduled this, this interview about four or five times. <laughs> You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. This week I sat down with rapper, businessman, reality TV star, and creator of cryptocurrency coins, Jim Jones. He explains why it's important to take advantage of every opportunity. The more opportunities I can have for myself, the better 
chances I have of becoming successful and adding more money to the pile. Um, and I'm from Harlem. All you learned about was hustling when you Harlem. And right. you know, hustles doesn't necessarily mean you hustling drugs. It means you hustling something to make right. some money. I was very good at that. I figure, why not? The most average, the average engineer, the average millionaire has about seven, seven hustles. I got a little bit more than that, so I'm doing pretty good out here. But I challenge myself to take on different things um, that excite me. I start to find myself taking on opportunities as they present themselves, because they probably won't present themselves twice. Listen to this full interview with Jim Jones. It's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com.